The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my friend Sandra Bernstein. We are... We came back to Hillsburg. We love Hillsburg. We love Hillsburg. And we love this restaurant. (laughs) I know, but you're still bummed about the shed. Uh, Shed. Why do you always want to bring it up? The shed. Yes, no I, shed. Yes, I Joe am so bummed about the shed. <laughs> I, no, I'm going to find a new spot. I think I found a new spot. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm, I'm like in table 21 right now. Table 21 no. at, uh, at Vallette. Oh, yeah, this is 21. Yeah, yeah. table 21 at Vallette. This is my new, my new spot. Your new table. Yeah. Yeah. And the food, the lunch today was amazing. It was amazing. But yeah. it was from a talk radio They're not somewhere. open for lunch, by no. the way. Don't, yeah. don't try and come <laughs> yeah, here for lunch. Yeah, don't come to that. <laughs> anyway, we are so excited to have Carrie Brown on the show Jimtown store, Jim twenty eight years. I didn't think it was that long. Oh well, time flies. Time does fly, Sandra, doesn't it? It does. It's incredible. And you are an icon. You are a Sonoma icon. And uh, this is I'm coming from someone that came from Philadelphia, ended up here by accident, and you were already in business. Um, I had gone to the store a handful of times before I ever opened my restaurants because in the beginning I would like bop around all over. You know, when you first move here, you're on vacation, you have to see everything. So the Redwoods, the ocean, the vineyards. <laughs> the gym town. And the gym town stores, always on that. And, um, but yeah, so here we are. I mean, always in food. Always in food? No, not always in food, but always loving food. Yes, art degree, (laughs) but grew up with a mother who was obsessed with Julia Child and Red Gourmet Magazine and cooked, but not not just the mother in the 60s who did all those things and threw fabulous dinner parties, but the grandparents from Indiana who wound up in Ventura County and had a peach tree and a garden and canned everything and made fresh Valencia orange juice every morning. Oh, and it had that pulp, which I didn't like as a child. And now, of course, it's like the most delicious thing in the world. And so we always talked a lot about food and it was and and um, you know it was a, just a big part of our life and so and food and art and entertaining and all those things mixed together mm-hmm. and when my late husband Johnny and I moved when I moved to live with him in New York in Greenwich Village we did a lot of parties and <laughs> we had them in our tiny little Garrett apartments and mm-hmm. I think they were like 150 square feet each but they had like 30 foot ceilings oh. and we would have the all the drinks in the winter outside on the fire escape and then this is you know, Audrey Hepburn right it was here. just so much fun <laughs> I, know. I loved in it Tiffany's, so much yeah I had the best time and I love New York uh, from the first time I went there when I was 13 and I always thought I'll be in New York forever. I'll be in Greenwich Village forever. This is my place. But were you but from Indiana? No, I'm I'm a Californian. So oh, sorry. Okay. So the the I condensed that <laughs> life three generations of history, very briefly. Uh, so grandparents moved to Southern California. The one set my okay, my maternal, mm-hmm. paternal lived in Oxnard. So my dad oh. Charlie Brown, who's still with us, uh, grew up in Oxnard, California, mm-hmm. and then they met at Cal, Berkeley, in the 50s. 
And so we then lived in Marin County, and I had spent formative years in Sausalito, and I loved I loved Sausalito so much and Marin. And then we went to Caracas, Venezuela as a family, then came wow. back to Marin. Then long story short, I wound up, went to art school, a lot of different places, <laughs> and wound up in New York City with my late husband, John, in the village, which, as I said, I adored. And, and I still love. how many years did you do that? I only got York? to live in New York the scant four years. Oh. Well, but but you know I've been it's going like dog years in New York. It is <laughs> yes, and I and I go every year. Try oh, to nice. go a couple of times. Nice. You still and have friends still, there. Yes. Yeah. And and plenty of reasons to go. Yeah. Who doesn't? Oh, it's exactly. the epi- New York it's one is, of the epicenters yeah, totally. of the world, right? Totally. So. Why does the family up and move to Caracas? So that was a fabulous job that my dad had. He was a city manager of Sausalito, assistant city manager in Berkeley before that. And so he was hired by AID, and his job was to help set up a Venezuelan foundation to make city governments in towns in the interior of Venezuela. And he coordinated Peace Corps volunteers. Wait a minute. Who were, this is really interesting, lawyers and architects, and they were part of this plan too. And he had this office in a, a Venezuelan government building, Funda Comun, not really in the embassy. And so we moved there for three years. And but, my mother taught school, and we went to this international school, incredible. and we had the best time. It was so much fun. But who organizes that? Who says, who AID. in Venezuela says, what is AID? AID is based Agency where? for International De- Development. That's our U.S. government. Okay, so yes. we decide that they need... We ask them, yeah. and they're like, yes, and they've got all that money, and they want to spend their money, and they wanted to help the infrastructure of their country. So this, we're talking the 60s. It's wow. incredible. Which yeah. now today is so incredibly sad. Different. It is. And, and what, yes. how old were you when you were in Venezuela? So 11 about, to 13. Oh, wow. Formative yeah, years. Very much so. And yeah. had the best, best time. Oh. You know, there's something about being in another country. And and being in another country with your family when you're young, yeah. and then you form this bond, it's different, because you, the nuclear unit, are exploring another culture, yeah. you're taking it all in, you're learning another language, yeah. and you're having friends that are just so diverse, and, mm. and it was... One of the best gifts my parents wow. gave me. Brothers and sisters? One sister who's seven years younger, uh-huh. and she works with me. Julie is her name. She's mm-hmm. our manager at Gymtown now. Oh, fabulous. And so she was little, little, but still, she had a, a great mm-hmm. time, too. And as I said, we went to this international school where my mother taught, and the kids were wealthy Venezuelans, and but they were also... Japanese American or there were some Israelis mm. and it was very diverse and interesting and rich and cultural and just fun and it was yeah. all that it's great all, I mean, Brazilian amazing. music and food. and food we loved it so much did you start eating Venezuelan at home of course, yeah. yes. Well, and so because your mom learned how to cook that. Yes, and remember, you'll have the maids. The maids will come and make okay. the black beans and okay. the arroz and the the platanos and the things for the lunch. 
But we also, we went to the Mercado Libres and that was an eye opener. And because there was all the meat hanging and it wasn't really refrigerated. And there were all the, yeah, the flies. But then there were the beautiful mounds of mangoes and plantains and those orange, I mean, those green oranges and all the other fun things to buy. But, and here's more eye openers. Here were all the maimed people begging on little carts yeah. with missing limbs and you know it was it was very sobering and mind expanding yeah. and you know and made us grateful for what we had but also we loved soaking it all up and mm-hmm. and um sharing it wow do you have a lot of photos from that time mm, i think I think we, I don't know if there are a lot of photos, mm-hmm. but um, my memory, my memory th- yeah. is good. It's there a, are a lot of etched amazing. in my mind's eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, can we stop for a moment and just for those listeners out there that either aren't from the area or don't know about Jimtown, ex- explain what we're talking about because oh, it's sort well, of an unusual name, yeah. right? That's right. Um, so what, what is Jimtown? So Jim Patrick founded a community store in the Alexander Valley in like 1893 for the community. And of course they were ranchers and farmers and there were some grapes that were grown in the Alexander Valley. Uh, There were also mines, quicksilver mines on Pine Flat. And so I'm sure that his business serviced some of that trade as well. And that was another very un- uh, what, what, how shall I put it? That was an unfortunate chapter in our local history, too, because they used a lot of Chinese labor that they would bring up to work in those mines. And when they became ill, they'd take them down another way. And yeah, it was not oh pretty because they were mining mercury and they probably didn't understand no. how to properly prevent oh, yeah, poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, sorry I'm veering into all this. <laughs> Weird, dark, weird, dark history. But but that is all of our histories, right? I mean, we have the beautiful places, and so then, yes, my late husband and I fell in love with this funny little place. We saw it on a road trip with some friends. Wait, you just skipped about a hundred and something years. I did. Okay, so so in about eighteen ninety, the store opens up. When? How long is the store going um, as as the original store? So. First, Jim Patrick and his family lived there, operated it as a store for the farming community. And then his grandchildren, I, I guess, took possession and they ran it as a store and then somehow it closed. But there was another little store right down on the corner, the Alexander Valley store. And the Goodyear family that we bought the store from their parents Lloyd and Lydia apparently had run the Dry Creek store in wow. Dry Creek Valley and then they came over and rented that one or something and ran that for a little while and then this one became available and they purchased it mm-hmm. and then in the 1940s they added the the iconic front room that we have or that you see is Jimtown today and so they operated the store until, yeah, am I getting it slightly 
loop de loop. I might have. We Sorry about that. No, yes. we all believe you. We okay, and then and then um, so grand grandchildren of Jim Patrick have possession. They close the store. The the Lloyd and Lydia Goodyear came along, purchased the store, added the false front. Were they front the tire room. people? No, they were not. Okay. <laughs> no relation. And then the that family ran the store continuously until um, I think that the their children, well, their son Bob Goodyear and his wife Caroline ran the store, and then they decided to close it in nineteen like eighty five or eighty six, something like that. Because. He was tired of doing it, and I think it was a lot of work, and they carried a lot of accounts, and he would cash everyone's checks and drive with $15,000 on his bench seat into town on Friday afternoon and come back with the cash, and <laughs> and, I, and things, times were changing, and they were in their 70s, and I think they were tired, yeah. and so they also, you know, they had gas, and California came along and said, well, but you have to um, exhume these tanks. You have to clean this up. And so they were in the process of doing that. And even though they probably bought the gas from the entire time from Chevron or Standard, I forget which, uh, they didn't ask for any help. And so it was fifty or $60,000. Uh. And they had to do all that work, exhume everything and clean the land. And then they had these underground wells that were testing the groundwater to make sure that it was clean. By the time we came along, it was still happening. And, but it was testing clean, but, but nobody had really figured out how to buy Gemtown or what to do with it. it. It was sitting there for about five years. Wow. After they closed it. And we in disrepair in yes. And falling apart. And so we just were out, on a trip so over you bought in it like in 90 no we bought it we closed we closed december of 89 yes 89. so i mean to be precise but we'd been looking at it and trying to make a deal with those goodyear owners for a long time maybe like six or seven months something mm-hmm. like that and, and then uh, that big earthquake hit, and you said time to get so, out of town so the big oh. earthquake <laughs> right? happened Yes, we were still, we sold our apartments in New York, but we still had a friend's apartment that we were staying in, and my mother and my late husband, John, were in the city. They dropped me off to fly back to New York, and they were at our friend's store, at the Mac store, with Ben and Chris and their mother, Jerry, and the huge earthquake started, and anyway, they were fine. But um, yes, so, so that happened. Well, in the store itself, so so originally when it was open, it was kind of like what what was it like a, the feed store and that kind of thing, so where people could get supplies. Yes, it was everything, almost everything for everybody. So in addition to like a hardware store, it, five yes, and dime. Yes. Oh, they had. Um, the kids, the Goodyear kids, had a worm farm in the back, oh. and they sold little boxes of worms for people for bait to go fishing in the river and they they did make food for people but they didn't have a kitchen they had one sink that drained on the ground 
they had outhouses. Oh. And by that time, oh. Bob and Carolyn were living in the house next door. They had purchased it. And the house where they had lived and raised their children in the back was a little cottage that was rented. And that's now my house. And mm-hmm. we restored that and mm-hmm. redid it. And so they also had Bob's brother had a hay and grain animal feed Mm -hmm. farm supply shop in the big corrugated metal barn next to Jimtown. And now we have our office in there. And then in the front of that, we've turned it into a space where we can hold events and do fun things for people. That's very cool. So that's a, a wonderful part of our evolution. And so, yes, so they had food that they bought in from Mike Hudson or whoever it was Uh and they had a slicer and they had all the cold drinks and they had groceries and things that people would come and purchase as well and funny things on the shelves there's not a lot of places to shop no, there are yeah, no places to yeah, shop in exactly. the Alexander Valley. But but um but also I think with the advent of Safeway and things changed, habits changed mm-hmm. and so I think that their business was sort of winding down and well it was very much a beloved gathering place for all the locals for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, they people were very sad when it closed and when they heard that we were going to buy it and restore it and open it they were very excited and came and introduced themselves and brought you a pie yes yes but (laughs) but we also knew from day one that we would put in a real kitchen and that Mm -hmm. it was our intention to make everything Mm -hmm. and serve lunch and that we we knew also to have that kitchen and a chef and staff we would cater and we also thought we'll probably need to make something that we can sell out and about in the world as well and diversify Mm -hmm. because we are in the middle of almost nowhere even though it's only eight miles from the plaza but um but it is a destination so it is remote yeah and i'm sorry and i'm the reason I keep asking is I, I I want people to sort of and I think you painted the perfect scene that it that it was kind of and still is sort of the local connection point for a lot of people and sort of like like when I was growing up you had the five and dime that was like the store that you went to and your parents you? got Ma- stuff they, they always had ice cream so the kids would get you know five cents or ten cents you could mm-hmm. get ice mm-hmm. you know one scoop or two scoops but that was that's sort of the story we're talking about. I mean, it you, is. You, you're not just one thing. You know, now no. now everyone does one thing. It's it's this store, that store. You're sort of catering to the entire family and community all at once. So it's it must be hard because it you don't is. just have you can't have a whole aisle of toys. You you know we have six toys this month, right. and then we've got two different kinds of bubble gum for the kids, and then right. we've got a, a one kind of wrench. Well, there we were got, less, you know what I mean. Like there were less options though to buy. I right. mean, in the olden days, in the olden yes. days, you know, so there weren't. You didn't have access to that many toys. Yeah. I mean, like you could have a stock of really a small amount, and it would seem like a lot. When you're a kid. When you're a kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the even, penny candy and all those fun yeah, things. Exactly. Yes. I mean, but but you're right. Like, our country has developed in such a way that single stores, so many more options, more products. It's like going to Safeway now and looking at the potato chip aisle. Yeah. 
That's like it's overwhelming. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's yeah. like who needs that many no, we different don't. kind we don't. of bags? So now, who and for for products yes. that you're not making at the store, who is the person? Is it you who's that actually? Buyer? Yeah, who's the buyer? Well, my sister's officially the buyer, mm-hmm. and she does a fabulous job. And um, and of course, I still help and and um, I'm part of the it. Funnest, but it funnest, is quirkiest stuff. It is. Yeah. And yeah. and we've always so from day one, we've tried to be this democratic store where it is yes very challenging because we have the guys that are out working in the field Mm -hmm. and they want to come in and buy beer and they want to maybe a a quick lunch then we have everybody in the wine business from the the vineyard Mm -hmm. managers to the winemakers to the owners Mm -hmm. and you know in the beginning we thought okay we're gonna have really beautiful cheese because we love good cheese only it was in the days when everybody was thinking they were lactose intolerant. So that was one strike against us. And then the other strike was people said things like, oh, we buy our beautiful cheeses in San Francisco and we bring them up. It's like, oh, OK. Mm. Mm. All right. <laughs> so so, it, you know, so sometimes you have great ideas. They're a little premature. Other times you are right on, you know, target. So back to that being the Democratic store. So yes, so we would have some things like the potato chips. And we always knew we wanted to have it feel like an, like that kind of iconic store of your youth, whether you lived in a city and you got to go to the dime store on the corner or, the, or you were out in the country and it was this rural place where they had the everything. Store, yeah. The yeah, general store, yeah. right. But what we also knew that our, so our customers would help us figure it out. It would evolve and grow, and we uh, knew we had to diversify, obviously. And um, but we always loved um, all kinds of fun. Both of us grew up collecting things with our parents, antiques mm. and folk art and funny things. Mm. And so from day one, and it was my husband who said, "Oh, you know, Charlie and Caroline, my parents." They, they need to come and help us do this. They're too young. They can't retire. Wow. They were like my age now, <laughs> right? And so they're going to be a part of this. And so from day one, they were. And we were, my mother was in the kitchen, you know, making scones. And we were doing fun antiques. And my dad was helping restore mm-hmm. everything and keep it all going. And so, um, so that's been a, a wonderful um, yeah. Part of it as well that it wasn't just my late husband and I. It was yeah. a family was business a family, from the beginning, yeah, which was so much yeah. fun. And I wouldn't have dreamed of, to ask them. Really, I don't know why, but uh-huh. it was his idea. But I think that's really sweet. That I mean, he obviously really loved your parents and vice and, versa. Yeah, yes, and really wanted to be with them. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice memory. Yeah, it's um, but but somehow you became like a flagship stop if you are visiting Sonoma County. Well, and so we we had the intention to do that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just happenstance. So we knew that to open seven miles from the plaza in 1991 
we were going to have to become a destination for people. And so, you know, we had a wonderful team of architects for Noah Hartman from UC Berkeley. And we knew from the beginning that we were going to have to reach out to magazines and to so share our story. And, and the, you know, they've started coming and then they never stopped. Left. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. And we never had a PR person, okay. but, but we also knew that what we were doing was was very aspirational and we thought that people would identify and appreciate that we wanted to take this old mm -hmm. landmark that was mm -hmm. falling down, closed for six or seven years, mm -hmm. restore it, make it as a hub for the community, make really good food for people, and from day one, use local ingredients mm -hmm. and you know, we, we, our motto is we will serve no tomato before it's time. Right. So we've always only had BLTs in August and mm -hmm. September and we've eschewed, you know, hydroponic tomatoes and we've always aspired to make really good food. And even if we were just making sandwiches and salads and pretty soups and chilies and things that they would be from great ingredients right. and honor our traditions of our grandparents and but also keep abreast of the time we weren't trying to make some mm -hmm. kitsch thing you know sealed in amber right. it wasn't our intention to just make some old-timey kind of a thing we wanted to make the past present and alive and revived mm -hmm. and restored mm -hmm. and we knew we would evolve and that's what's happened in 28 years we've really evolved yeah. and changed and grown but the core values are there and our and our core um our core customers are still there mm -hmm. too. It is everybody. It is that diverse mix of locals and travelers mm -hmm. and tourists. When you get some of your regulars, you end up hiring the kids, and then the kids go off to college. You get to see them later. I mean, you've seen an, uh, you've seen a generation come come through I that have, store, and it's mm. the sweetest thing. And I have yeah. to say, this is the the the, the kids and the staff um, and being part of the community this is this is the reward this is what i love this is one of the reasons i'm still doing it so we were at our community local community picnic the other day and um leland Ooh, reichel what do you have you oh have well a... wait that segue i'm gonna start okay. that's another subject that we can chat about but <laughs> but this young man leland reichel i think he i don't know if he was 13 or 14 he came to work with us um and he, you know, he was the, the, the youth, youth clothes and they stock and they mop and clean the bathrooms and recycle the bottles and all those things. And he worked with Johnny and my dad. And so he turned 40 and he's married and he and his wife have four kids and it's they're amazing and they're still here and he works in the wine industry and and he invited my dad to his party who's 90 Aww. charlie and so and then i have right now the most um wonderful um college youth and her name is isabel and both of her siblings have worked for me for susie azucena and then her brother arturo and they're a bit older than than she is mm -hmm. and it's such a pleasure and a joy to have that continuity and she's so much fun she's going off to be a junior 
And so I've known her since she was a little girl. And then I have also Patrick Sullivan, whose parents have Dry Creek Peach. I've known him oh. since he was a kid. Oh. He too is going off to Oregon. This is mm. his second summer working with us. And they have so much fun together. And we have so much fun with all of them. And they make me crack up. They make me laugh. They they were telling me about Urban Dictionary the other day, and they didn't want me to look at it, but then they were selectively giving me some things, and they were making me crack up, like, definitions like, like, um, boyfriend, or half boyfriend, or all these funny, you know, cultural things, and anyway, so, so I love, love, love that, and then in the kitchen, too, I have Martha, who's worked at least 15 years, she's from Oaxaca, and so there's, a, you know, a wonderful continuity, and I, 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 am so grateful. Oh, you to have be part another twenty years of this, yeah. easily. <laughs> well, and as far as the the kitchen goes, when you first opened, it, you said you knew that you needed a chef. Was that you just didn't want to take that on, or you knew that you were going to need professional? help in the kitchen yes yes so we we intended to have a chef from day one because well think of it we're we're opening the store it's more than just a store it's breakfast lunch to go food catering so everything and is to it's go. front of the house no no there's no. tables okay no so we've we've always so when we opened uh in 91 we opened with the the store revised and and with indoor plumbing etc and uh, a beautiful patio and that was for the outdoor dining and then there was one little table inside and some benches in the front but um but over the years we've evolved and added more tables inside uh in the back and in in the front room and the back room and also because think about it when it's 100 degrees you need air conditioning and when it's pouring rain you need a place to sit Mm -hmm. and so um but circling back to your question yes we would have a chef because that was a lot of cooking to do and uh, staff and but we also went in the kitchen and I made all sorts of things I was the I was the scone maker I was the (laughs) I was making all those things every morning and um but well, there's a lot to do. So, and I still love going in the kitchen, and I'm still going to make some shortcakes for a, a party we're doing, a moonrise party on Wednesday. And I, I and just I, that's imagine, so fun. I love that, but I can't do it all. Right, obviously. but I just like I think like you've built a concept that probably everything everybody thinks that you make everything. Well, I mean seriously, like <laughs> I like picture like when I think of you, I think of you with this very retro apron my apron on yes because I wear aprons yeah and you're making everything and well, you touch everything and I, that's t- awesome. I touch a lot of it yeah I do and if I don't touch it I weigh in it. on it <laughs> and I art direct it but uh-huh. um we have a, a great chef now and he's a veteran he's Richard Whipple and oh, I know you know Richard, Richard. please send and, him my regards well, I, will, I will adore him yes yeah. he's, he's such a, a great guy. guy and he's so and mellow yeah and calm and firm and organized Mm -hmm. but everybody gets along it's a harmonious Mm -hmm. shop and as you know that is so important and for the front of the house and the back of the house to get along too and not have that big divide that's Mm -hmm. just wonderful so i'm very grateful i think i met him when he was at deuce i think that's when Mm -hmm. i first met him and that would go back Mm -hmm. 
to 90 something to well no I got here in 93 so probably 95 mm-hmm. 96 and he was at Chandon for a long time he was at Chandon yeah 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 I think yeah crazy and then he went to the hotel in Santa Rosa yes I think. yeah yes oh good for you that's awesome it's wonderful and when did you decide to make product for the markets mm. well again that was a germ of an idea when we formulated our concept because we thought all right we will need to make more money we will need to have more income and so we weren't quite sure what it was going to be though yeah apple pies or what would it be Mm -hmm. so um we we did come up with these wonderful condiments from day one Mm -hmm. to put on our sandwiches so Mm -hmm. that they would be fabulous on the baguettes for picnics if you took it down the road to a winery Mm -hmm. and ate it you know ate your your fig and olive tapenade with prosciutto and Mm -hmm. blue cheese um an hour later that it would just taste as good and so um somehow and people started asking that's it Mm -hmm. oh can I buy that chopped olive can Mm -hmm. I buy that fig and olive Mm -hmm. and so that was sort of a natural evolution I was yeah. just looking at the menu online. It's got, yeah, it's a great little creative sandwiches, salads, soups, mm-hmm. I mean, nachos, and, and then a lot and of little hummus, you know, little dips, and yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, and, and now, you know, over the last few years, we've also attempted to make things that we can deconstruct so that we can have healthy things that mm-hmm. could be vegan. And so, for example, right. there's a chilled corn soup right now, and it's absolutely divine. Oh, Richard makes the best soups. Mm-hmm. And it just tastes like corn. It tastes like summer. And, but it's not made with any stock, but there's mm-hmm. a little dollop of chipotle crema in the middle with some more roasted corn and chives. And, and, but if you're a vegan, you can leave that little crema off. And, yeah. and so, and as well as with other things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's yeah, we a have really, to do that. yes, we, yeah, we do because we need to eat that way. And mm-hmm. yes, we want our BLTs, but we can also deconstruct them and right. and make them as delicious as Belties. if mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> yeah so when you started doing i mean you cuz it was pretty early that you were doing the condiments mm-hmm. and i would think like in my memory it was like one of the earlier artisanal products that um, you know was being handmade and brought to market and there's no book out there that tells you how to no. do that so t- were you just like grilling your purveyors <laughs> like how do I do this how do we make it happen well I think we we started in our kitchen and I think we even made the chopped olive in the barn for a brief moment and put hair nets on and went in there and and uh, but but John my husband had um, worked in um, with the silver palette and he oh, was one of the people wow. who um, took a lot of their foods and started you know bottling and drawing and taking to market and then he had his own business and it was called seaboard deluxe and he made these beautiful batter coated nuts and they each one had a different flavor profile and so we were at the fancy food show and i helped him make a booth with the nuts yes seaboard deluxe john werner seaboard deluxe so this was before we did Jimtown, and this was about the time that i met him and got we got together 
So, um, so that so he had. Like if a, our listeners have don't a know, this yes. is the love of your life. Yes. 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 And um, so yes, East Coast, West Coast, mm-hmm. and but with sharing a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, as my mother said, choose somebody that you really share your core values with. And the rest of it, you know, doesn't matter. Right. Figure that That's out. That's a good lesson. Yeah. So Fancy Food Show, you would do that. So you had some knowledge of some yes, things of that you were going to do. how to bring something like to market. Could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long did it take from getting it in the markets here to a much larger scale? Well, a couple of years, but, and then it even spiked. And I think we were like in Costco's nationally with just, I think the, maybe it was the one or two the, products the fig and, the, the the, and the, no, the chopped olive. Okay. And, and then <gasps> somebody knocked us off. <gasps> Sorry. I just had, I what? just had a flash. I'm like, What's I'm that? like, th- no, I'm thinking of the top of this olive tapenade that I buy at the oh, store, and oh I'm like, my oh, God. God. in a plastic yeah. tub. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. And, I've and, had that. <laughs> thank you. And, you know, and, and it goes to show you that it doesn't really matter whether people know that it's from Jimtown or not. Because, yes, people will say, oh, I didn't know you had a real place. I didn't know it was right. from a place. Right. So <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it's nice that it well, is. It's, and it's, it's nice to connect the dots. Is, yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's awesome. No, I just had that flat. It must be an Oliver's. It is. It, yes. It is. Yes. Yeah. So, Oliver's. Yeah. Oliver's is so <laughs> no, nice to us. They have I've it in. seen that in my fridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine, too. Thank yeah. you. The, so someone ripped your... So somebody appropriated Capital our, B. Yes. And <laughs> and they were larger than we were and had more muscle and sort of swooped in and... But they didn't do cold packs, did they? They did, oh. yeah. They were in San Diego. They've since gone out of okay. business. Okay, okay. Ha, ha. Then I but, don't know who. But no, yeah. and that was a yeah. long time ago. Oh, and So, and things, you know, things ebb and wane. And, and then... Um, you know, now primarily it's on the West Coast. Okay. So, but well, um, and now that we're trying to be more sustainable and carbon emissions, and you're like, you know, yeah. you're doing the right thing environmentally. Yeah. I suppose. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, "Oh, well, it's so expensive now. Mm-hmm. We're actually making all of our things. This is another olive producer oh. in Europe, in Greece, and Croatia, and we bring them over. Oh. And it's yeah, kind of like so sad. that upsets you know, me about I like. Know. I mean, I we don't use Turkish figs or figs from other countries. We really have stuck to Those California figs. California fig fig figs. And we, we all get yeah. them. We yeah. all get them from the <laughs> from same place. From Gary and place. Linda. And, yes. Yeah. We had uh, Joanne Weir on the other day. Uh-huh. And we talked about Valley Fig Growers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was doing things for them. Yeah. And that's where we did our first fancy food show is they let us share their booth. I remember. And that's that's kind of, we met, but then we would connect at those shows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And through lots of mutual friends. Of Of course. Yeah. A lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. But so catering was catering. From also the beginning, part of it, yes. Okay, because but think got of it, bigger you've, and bigger. You've got to, you've got to 
chef and a crew in the kitchen. Right. You gotta make and it. Yeah. You need to diversify and expand. And so within the very first year, somebody asked us to do a christening and then somebody died and said they oh, said, Would you do yeah, a, a, hard a wake ones. and yeah. at the hall and you know, and we did things for our neighbors who were wineries and Right. Wineries I could course, see doing a and, ton of stuff for. And so um and did everything from very simple drop-offs, as we still do, to, well, we'll, we'll bring staff and we'll make something beautiful for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and it's always been creative and fun to do as well. Is that your favorite part? I wouldn't say it's my favorite part, but I do love going out and on a job and creating something and making it happen mm-hmm. and producing an event and mm-hmm. styling it and... And doing some special food that isn't what you do on the menu every day. So, yeah. how often do you travel? Well, last year, I made a pact with myself: I need to travel more. So I I made a point of trying to go someplace every uh, few oh, months. Trying because, well, yes, because you know, with the business, when you are a sole proprietor, and you know, the economies rise and fall and ebb and flow and sometimes Mm -hmm. you know you just hang in there and devote everything you can to making it happen at the expense of going somewhere so I thought well if somebody invites me somewhere then I'll go (laughs) so um, I I've been invited a couple of different places um, my my dear friend um, Kitty's daughter Carson, who's like my mm-hmm. goddaughter, graduated from Barnard, and she oh, invited me. Lovely. And there were only seven tickets, mm-hmm. and that was in May. So of course I'll go to New York and see you graduate mm-hmm. at Radio City, and and um, listen to Miss Viola Davis as a oh. keynote speaker, mm-hmm. and that was so much fun. And then I have a great friend who lives, another food friend who lives, moved to Santa Fe, and he called and said my casita's free and. So you should come for a week. And and I love Santa Fe. I love Santa Fe Santa so Fe much. That's awesome. a great place yeah. to revisit always. And yeah. it is that food is so and the oh, air and the and smell. The smell. Is I so think so of Santa Fe. I, I the smell oh. of the pinion. The pinion. It just, yeah. It's pin, a, pinion. Yes, pinion. It's so pinion. good. I just What's love pinion? that smell. It's it's like wood a, that they burn. It's smoke yeah, and that it's, is. It's just, like incense. And it just it's it, like an exquisite smell. Huh. But like when I buy that incense and I burn it at yeah, home, it, it never, never smells, smells quite as good. Same. It, no, because it's <laughs> it needs never to come out of the fireplace. Out of the yeah. fireplace is yeah. right. I know. But oh, go! I mean, you have to go to Santa Fe. Like not deep winter, but like. But even deep winter is fine too. Oh, it know. is, and it's pretty in the snow. It's beautiful in the snow. Anytime, just the adobe walls right. and the little neighborhoods in the back and. Yeah, yeah, and even though it's touristy, kind of like here, it has um, soulfulness yeah. and it has integrity. And there's mm-hmm. so many amazing, amazing artists. Amazing artists. Oh, oh art. incredible There's got to be red people. dirt there, right? Oh, We're talking I'm about sure a, there's a, a vortex. Yeah, yeah it's, it is something yeah, special. It's like a and you can feel it. Yeah. You can yeah. without yeah. getting all woo-woo, but you yeah. definitely right. can. So it's funny because when I first opened, what I thought I was going to do is I was going to open one in Santa Fe, oh. one in Sonoma, and yes. one in Aspen. Oh. And I would have three living places mm-hmm. and John and at the time Michelle, mm-hmm. we would each flip 
seasons. Take your turns. Right. So like John liked to ski, so he could be Aspen, Aspen. in winter, which is like the most ridiculous thing ever. Like who has time <laughs> to know. go skiing in when a you're really running busy a time? Oh yeah, I'm going to go hiking in the mountains today because I have nothing to do. It was very unrealistic. Well. And then as we talked before, I, I don't like to drive. I like to I like to travel, but I like to be for work, I want to be close to mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I like yeah. that control. Yeah. Yes. Well I'm very yeah. close. I can I can go to Jimtown in my pajamas yeah. if I want. Right. And <laughs> that was the plan from the beginning was was to 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 live right behind the, yes. the store all the time right to be okay. on the property mm-hmm. so it's a, it's I call it the scant acre it starts in the middle of Highway 128 uh-huh. that's the property <laughs> line and then um, it so it has it consists of the, the the store with the kitchen and the patio and all of that the old metal barn where they sold the hay and grain and then a wood barn that was Jim Patrick's built in the 1890s mm. and my little casita house and a big garden and I have a little streamlined trailer that my dad tricked Aww. out for me that's my office and a little studio cool. and so that's I do have a little escape place mm-hmm. and um, and then behind you our have a views, horse in the back? No, I, uh-huh. I have some chickens now uh-huh. um, but there are views of the un, unobstructed views of vineyards as far as you can see so I look out over the Alexander Valley and then of course across the 128 are vineyards those are Kendall Jackson's at Stone Street and then you have Mm -hmm. that big open expanse Mm -hmm. and at night when you know everyone goes home and and it's quiet and I'm in the back it's my sanctuary and and it's very private and it's great it's all Mm -hmm. all there Hmm. yeah it does sound really idyllic I know and what, does that trailer ever move? No, but it it's registered by the state of California. Okay, so it's and possible to hook that thing up to something. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's plumbed too. Have you had offers uh-huh. on that? Have you no. had people? Go, okay. No. No. I know those things became very popular. Yes. The, yeah. Well, and now there are those incredible places, the auto camp places oh, that I are really great. There yet, but My sister so and brother-in-law just did, did the one in Yosemite. They, love they loved it. Did so auto camp do? Is it the same? Yes, owner? it's auto camp. Wow, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I know many we fun have a ideas. little bit of noise. Oh, that's okay. We're doing Is a little, um, we've got some, um, a oh, little I bit see. of uh, wine tasting going on in the background. It looks like we've got a couple reps that came in to pour some wine for uh, Dustin's brother, for Aaron. So he's, he's going to uh, taste some of the yeah. wines and then tell we'll him to, tell him to hit the road. We'll pretend we're drinking it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe nope, not interested. <laughs> nope. Don't have a space for that. <laughs> um, cookbook? Yes. yes, and that was just the most wonderful experience. What year did that come out? It was published in 2001, and um, the cookbook was a collaboration with our dear friend Michael McLaughlin, who passed away not mm-hmm. long after the publication, as did my husband mm. that year. And it was really my project. I mean, Johnny had mm-hmm. recipes in it, but it mm-hmm. was really my project with Michael. And Michael, if you don't know, was um, hired 
by Julian Sheila, and he wrote the Silver Palette cookbooks, mm. the first ones, and then he had the Manhattan Chili Company, and then he went on to author, I don't know, 15, 20 mm. cookbooks, and wow. he was an excellent recipe writer and developer and mm-hmm. taster and tester and and writer and just so mm-hmm. good, and I learned so much from him, and I learned so much from my first editor, Susan Friedland, who oh, was a wow. very I mean, that's esteemed, a real name. Yes. Yeah. And that what, was Harper Collins. Um, Harper Collins mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, that's awesome. And she told me that my first book should just be recipes and but but more I could have more but but she didn't want it to have photographs because she didn't want it to date itself and I was disappointed because I wanted to really style all these beautiful photos and Chronicle Books was making all those pretty books and and um, but in the end I was glad that I that my book was my book and I loved it and it did stay in print for 18 years and so um, was it all was it mainly stuff that you were selling in the store it was uh, it was yes, was a lot of, of our favorite recipes and of lots of too. lots of personal things, and and then lots of um, community. So, so for example, recipes from um, Ray Tang, who uh. had Mari Posa in Windsor, and um, and then we also had you know our family recipes and and um, but other other chefs that were good friends. That well, Kathleen from the Downtown Bakery, I asked yes. her for oh. the donut recipe, oh. and she gave me and. And I, I, that experience taught me that chefs are the most generous people Sharing, in the world yeah. because they love to share mm-hmm. their ideas and you don't and need like to, to feel other right. people. Yeah. And you don't need to feel protective. Like it's, it's not like those condiments where somebody stole our intellectual property and you know, ripped <laughs> us off. That's, it's, this is different. This is... Yeah. Sharing a technique, sharing right. a recipe, giving credit. Gi- that's right. You always right. give credit, exactly. but but you share it, and everybody, as we all know, you we all put our spin on things, and everybody mm-hmm. has their style and flair, and recipes change and evolve and grow, and mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, it's you always feel good that to way share. At first. You kind of were like, wait a minute, I've You're done right. all the work doing doing these recipes. I don't want to share, and it You're took right. a little took took a little. Pulling out That's true. to, to mm, get you I know. To, to, to get rid of those recipes. So, yes. So that was my epiphany in making that book was like, oh. it's good to share. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. great. So. My first book was Simon and Schuster. And we had, it was black and white. So we got photos, but they had to be black, but they and were white, black and white. But I had to pay for them. Oh, yes. So my advance went to paying the photographer, mm-hmm. basically. Huh. Yeah. It's tough. It and that was, tough. that was 04. Yes. You know, and that, I think that book started in like 2001, 2002 and like shopped at the last minute and got Simon and Schuster. But yeah, I mean. And publishing has evolved so totally. much. Totally. And now um, I feel, I mean, there are a lot of amazing young people that are doing incredible things mm-hmm. and but you know unless you've got those 60,000 Instagram followers they might not look at you right you know, it's I think it's much harder it's hard to um to do that now well and everybody it's wants everyone's time. attention right so everybody is like screaming louder and louder and louder because you want to be noticed and it's hard it's hard to keep up and I have to remind myself that just think about the four walls we're in 
whether it's the fig or the cafe, Mm -hmm. but this is my space. I can't worry about everything that's happening on the outside. I'm doing this for the core reasons I wanted to do it in the beginning. And staying true to your heart of hearts and your concept and what it is. And I think you can be successful that way. I do too. Yeah. And people respond to integrity and authenticity. And 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 age. And, you know, we've stuck to it. Yes. I know. I know. Have you noticed? uh, I I feel it and I don't have any data to show it, but I, I sort of feel that people are coming back to more of a cottage industry desire oh, for sure. where they yes. want things that are made by someone that they know um, they, they don't want to shop at Walmart and Target necessarily and I I, mean, I understand some of that is you know for financial reasons right. where, where people are struggling but but when given a choice I feel like right now people are sort of craving that more intimate personal relationship with people that they're that they're getting things from in their life have you noticed that in your store as it been as a kind of a pendulum swings where you kind of think oh people are just into Costco for the for a couple of years and then and then they sort of swing back to wanting to um, to know who's making the brownies that they're eating and without um, question yeah. yes and 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 that also translates into other things not just food um, like records people are into vinyl right. yeah. and um, and caring and campers, about like and airstreams right and and, and caring farming. about things that are handmade for sure yeah. and you know and we always had fun antiques and folk art and things and but there was a while there where it became sort of the age of IKEA and young people weren't really collecting funky, funny things and mixing them in. And they wanted everything to be mid-century modern, maybe, but new. And, Mm -hmm. and so, but I've, I've, I've seen the, the, that taste sort of pendulum swing back as well. Mm. And, and I I like that. I noticed it with our watering the garden in the back you know every year it seemed like i had to get a new thing to attach to my hose to to water the garden and then it would it would break because oh, you know you're you're yeah, buying something right. for twenty dollars yeah. but but every year you know you just don't want you're like oh, i can't spend a hundred dollars on this brass right. thing oh, right but then after 10 years or as you just get older you start to realize yeah. i'm just why didn't i just buy just the brass buy thing the i would still thing, have it right. today yes. buy the good thing and it's the right. same thing with clothes there's yes. disposable clothes buy that people get thing. Buy, just spend the money. Here, mm-hmm. This is for you young people out there. I don't know if there's any young people out there. Just there spend a little people. bit. There's spend a little bit more money. And, and buy less. And yeah. buy less and have yeah. something and re- quality mm-hmm. that's not disposable. So you're not putting it into the landfill or throwing exactly. it into the Exactly. And be system. mindful. I know. I right. have a friend that went on a clothing. I think she's still on it, a clothing fast. <laughs> and I said, what about underwear? She said, well, no, I'll, I'll get fresh <laughs> underwear. Yeah. Yeah. But but um, she's really been trying to wear things from her closet and repurpose. And, and I admire that. Yeah. 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 Well, my shopping is like, depends on sizes <laughs> what we can fit well, in when Mar- maria and i have three different supplies of clothes it's oh, for when yeah. we're really skinny when we're kind of our target weight and when uh-huh. we're over what we think we should be do you guys ever wear the same clothes 
like are you ever at the same spot at the same time uh rarely rarely like she's really really skinny and you're either in the middle or yeah it's unfortunate she probably very rarely wears the big clothes well, no, it, you just no. like to have that one night where you're both comfortable having the right. lights on. <laughs> and that, that doesn't uh, happen very often now. Oh, uh, well, you can dream. Well. Yeah, so mm-hmm. thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we, hey, we wanted to be a little, you know, one of the taglines of our show is um, sometimes controversial, but always delicious. And, and, we thought you might want to get maybe a little bit controversial on on this show today, and yeah, we, what should we open talk up about? the open up the forum? <laughs> yeah, um, come on, let's okay. do it. For you. All if, right. If if there's anything on your mind that you want to talk about that you think maybe local listeners would be um, would be interested in, yes, 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 and it it's affordable housing and finding people to work. Are you having a shortage? We have such a problem. So, for example, this year, we did not reopen on Wednesdays. We do a winter close, Mm -hmm. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, because it just gets so slow. And this year, we were unable to replace our kitchen manager. And I felt that it wasn't fair to have Richard again work six days. And we do catering and things, too, so there's always long days. But it's just not fair. And the same thing, our manager, we didn't really find an assistant manager. And so... We made the decision to stay closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Sorry, everybody. And, um, and also, um, you know, sore subject, but I understand. You and I were talking a little bit about wages before we started here. And, and um, this Friday will be the last day for one of my kitchen employees. And she's been with me this time for years. But mm. she and her husband moved away. They, she worked for me before and then they came back. Mm-hmm. And so another restaurant that she works for offered her $4.50 a ray, an hour raise and a wow. sixth day. So on the sixth day, she's it's going over to time, make time and a half. overtime, yeah. time and a half. And also it's in the same town where she lives. She can. They said that she could right. go and take her child, pick him up from school and drop him off. And, and I wow. completely understand that. And, you know, I tried to counter a little bit, but um, yes, I... You know, you I should have. I know I should have given her a little bit of a raise, but I, I was, I if even on track, I wouldn't have given her the four dollar and fifty cent a raise, right? And so, and then she was also unhappy with me because one of our dishwashers came back and I paid the dishwasher more than she made uh-huh. because I had to to get that dishwasher back because we were for the longest time without a dishwasher and you know how that is and everybody mm. takes their turn mm-hmm. and it's so hard and it's so taxing and the dishwasher is as important as the chef yep. because we are a functioning family here. Right. We are a team. It's an organism. So, um, but even that four fifty raise is not really four fifty. If you were to well, match that, right? Because you would have to twenty percent more for me. Yes. Everybody, yes. Because yes. then and they that, just whacked out your salary. Scale. They did, and and yeah. so that's also another reason why I didn't do it. However, I will mm-hmm. tell you this morning, we sat the person that's been with me for the longest time down, and mm-hmm. I said we are matching the rate that she's going to make Mm. because 
Yeah, you can't I overheard. Yeah. Oh, she she gonna go and apply elsewhere? Yep. I was like, no, you need to please stay with me. No te vayas. <laughs> and so I told her, and she was very happy. And I said, I just want you to understand too that in normal normal life, yes, everyone should receive a raise every year. You should receive cost of living raises and you should receive a raise because you work hard and I appreciate the work that you do. And the reason I don't and the reason I say sometimes you've got to ask me for the raise is because I'm hurting. My pockets are, you know, I'm I'm digging in. Yeah, you're not putting your dough under the mattress. It's yes. And so if I haven't given you a raise, it's not that you don't deserve it. It's the hard economy here. And so it is very, very trying. And, you know, I have all these great college kids and they're going to be back to school. And guess what? It's going to be September and October, our busiest times of the year. And so I'll be back. I'll be the expediter on the weekend. So when you come to gym town, I'll wave at you, but I'll be back in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'll be expediting with Kyle Mm -hmm. and I'll run in food, but Mm -hmm. um, I won't be out front greeting everybody. Right. And so it's, it is just so difficult. And, and our towns here, you know, Healdsburg, I've been to all these meetings. Uh, We had this wonderful study, um, American Institute of Architects, gave us a huge panel and they came and there were um, all kinds of landscape designers and economic development people and affordable housing experts and panel from all over the country and they studied our town and then they provided us with some suggestions and we've had all these open forums and there are all these meetings mm-hmm. and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm involved and I'll show up at the meetings and I'm going to keep talking about affordable housing and how we need to figure out how to underwrite it, how to make it happen. Also, public transportation. Oh, Jimtown is eight miles yeah. from town. Yeah. There's Can't no ride bus. A bike. And it's really hard to ride a bike. And, and it's hard. Ha- we've tried or? where, yes, we've tried like picking people up at the corner. And, you know, we've done that. And But we have a lot of challenges here. It's And as everybody knows, a business of 20 people or less is a very, very difficult thing mm-hmm. to maintain. And... You know, I want I want to give everybody the best wages. And and so as also, you know, Jimtown has evolved over the years because we've tried to find that sweet spot where we could raise our prices and have some nicer food and have table service so that that staff could make tips and that mm-hmm. could add to their wages. And so we have had to evolve and we've wanted to evolve in that mm-hmm. way. But um, but it is really, really a challenge. Well, you know, I wish we could roll things back. Like, I wish we could roll back the cost of consumables. I wish we could roll back the cost of insurance, the cost of, you know, all the... Keep the wages the, the same. infrastructure, right. Right. But, but I feel like what's happened is everything keeps raising, raising, raising... Mm-hmm. And certain businesses like ours gets to a place where you can't sell, a, well, I mean, you could sell a burger for $30, but not everybody is going to buy a $30 right, burger. It better be damn and good. It and be, the problem is the expectation and, is so exactly. high at that point that if, it, if exactly. it's overcooked by, you know, yeah. medium rare to medium, then 
you, you're it throwing out a thirty dollar exactly. burger. There goes our diverse clientele. You know, exactly. I can't do that. Right, I, no. right. I, but but right. that's but that's the whole thing. I mean, insurance companies aren't thinking. Well, gee, that restaurant can only charge this much money. You know, so when workers comp and the utilities and everything goes up. Not every business can go up the same way. And even with housing, like I wish housing could roll back because I think people deserve to be able to afford to have a place to live. But, and I hate to say this publicly, so I'm gonna hopefully say it right. I have my hand on the mute button. Okay, okay. good. Um, Sonoma and Healdsburg are luxury destinations. And unfortunately, the people that come to visit are not necessarily the people that can afford to live here. And I don't know how that changes. You know, people, I mean, affordable housing would be huge, but it's not just the fact that things cost so much. It's because as inflation rises and things rise, people try and get the most that they can get. Right, of course. And somebody's going to unfortunately lose. Like in our last week we were talking about building housing for our employees. Like how would we do that? Mm -hmm. And how could you do that if you were going to make an investment and want it to go to your people and not be out there for anybody? Right. You know, so and how much of affordable housing is it the responsibility of a city or a town? I'm not sure. I'm uh, not sure. Well, I think I, that's I think the question is who, who who ultimately is responsible for for making that happen. And, and I think, unfortunately, it, it falls on most of us who yeah, are. Yeah. It's it's are, community yeah. and, and community is. Yes, town yeah. has to represent us, the community. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you're you're touching on the fact that Healdsburg and Sonoma are these tourist destinations. So the people that have had these little granny units or the cute little right. um, attic apartment above the garage right. or the carriage house in the back, they've all turned into... Airbnb. Well, not Airbnb. We're not allowed in our city oh. anymore. But the uh, RBO uh, and, and or... Oh vacation rentals by the month and uh-huh. that that slips in that slips that gets by but um because they can make more money yeah, you pay your mortgage in one weekend yes and so that has displaced people who used to be able to rent these little places and mm-hmm. afford to you know live in the town where they where they work and so yes and as this lovely hospitality you know these are the the issues that we've been talking about too Mm -hmm. with this AIA study Um, as you know here here's our industry it's hospitality it's wine it's food um, it's tourist destination well also there's climate change so Mm -hmm. what happens when it gets hotter and hotter and the grapes don't like it as much and so how do we diversify what we do and right in the meantime you know they'll say oh we're putting a moratorium on hotels well yeah okay but you still have a lot of them and we still have and and oh you're putting a moratorium on tasting rooms well okay except that Yes, that still is supporting this right, industry that we have. It's still a business. It's still so small families. That's it's not the that yeah. It's it's deep and it's connected, and we all need to 
dig in and we need to stay with it mm-hmm. and we need to lobby and yeah. roll up our sleeves. I think one of the cool things I saw in the city, and I think they're happening more and more, is, and when you just said um, there's more hotels and do we need more hotels or mm-hmm. they're, they're there, it's like turning a hotel into affordable housing. Yes. And they're doing some of these things in the city where your house is a room, like a hotel room. And you might have a hot plate, but there's a community kitchen and a community living room and area and washer and dryer. And they're like these community housing projects where you can afford a room, but Mm -hmm. you just don't have every, it's more, it's like a dorm room. Yeah, it is like a dorm. And there are plenty of millennials that don't mind living like that. Right. They're not ready. They're not ready to totally settle down all the time. It's, I think it's the part, it's not the like millennial millennial and it's not the baby boomer, but it's that middle place of people that are thinking, I want to settle down. I want to have a family. I want to support my community. Where am I supposed to live? Mm-hmm. How am I going to, how am I going to afford a house? How am I going to afford rent? I mean, a rent in Sonoma for like a three-bedroom house is like thirty-two, oh, thirty-five hundred dollars. Uh, that sounds cheap, dollars, really? I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah it's, depends, it's kind of crazy. And the other thing is like our workforce, our beloved Hispanic community. And Sherpa community. And Sherpa community. Um, we can't do without them. We cannot do without them. And how do we, I mean, how are we going to, how do we help? You know, how do we work on this? Because without them, I, I mean, I have yet to seen a robot that can do dishes. Yeah. You know, yeah. or yeah, that can not, work in our farms. Harvest, or harvest or grapes or do whatever it is they want to do. Make a beautiful mole. Yes. And, yes. Right. and we Californians have understood that, I think, better than the, I don't know, elsewhere, perhaps in the country, is we are California El Norte. And, and immigrants are, are life-blood. It's part of our culture. And they're integral. And believe me, they're not taking anybody's jobs that no. wants. No. They're not displacing no. people. And you know what? And criminals just, are criminals. Well, you yes, know, we have course. plenty of our own criminals. It's not like people outside of our country are automatic criminals. Well, we well, know I that's mean, just preposterous. We should like we don't even flip them out. We should the send last two our, weeks is, yeah. you know, this oh, show is yeah. coming out a little bit later, but you know, yeah. the last two weeks you can see it's, it's brutal. It's not terrorists and, no. and people from well, other countries. Mm-hmm. We've got our own we problems. Yeah. 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 We have our own, have our own issues, yes. And it's but it's a long, but these are like really long term, they're shorter term problems with longer term resolutions. Because we can, like, even City of Sonoma, they had three housing meetings. The city decided they're going to do a housing trust fund. So they're going to put another tax on top of all of our taxes. Mm -hmm. So again, when you talk about the grapes and the grapes, you know, what happens when they're not sustainable anymore? Well, what happens when people don't want to pay $1,000 for a hotel room? Because $350 of it was for tax. They could have stayed another night somewhere. And so 
that's not going to keep our tourism going and that's not going to keep our businesses and our infrastructure going and i just so so they're like they want another tax and how much money do you think you can raise to build affordable housing for more than 14 families we're not talking about a dozen families that don't have homes we're talking about hundreds Hundreds. of families oh yeah hundreds Hundreds. right yeah it's it's a very it's frustrating and it's really frustrating are you going to run for some kind of (laughs) office no, I don't think so. Who are you but supporting? You never know. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know who I'm supporting yet. Who do you I, like? I, I, who do I like? Well, I I like lots of people. No. I certainly <laughs> like a lot of things that Elizabeth Warren says sure. and ideas, and um, I don't. And you know, and Mayor Pete um, <laughs> certainly has a lot of of good ideas, and um, I don't I don't know yet. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's still a lot to, to learn. Yeah. A lot to parse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it certainly is frustrating. One of the things I had to say is that I do not want to be a politician. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like what I'm reading. Um, and because I'm not willing to step up like for that role, I want to be involved. I'm going to go to the meetings and I watch our meeting on TV on Monday night. And mm-hmm. if I know the agenda, I'll go to something, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to run. And so if I'm not going to run and I'm not going to go all in, I'm only going to complain half in. I'm not going to complain all the way. I'm going to yeah. complain a little right. to the amount that I feel like I'm contributing well, yes, to come to I a know. solution. And, and, right, and yeah. that's it. We're, and we're no, looking for solutions. Exactly. I don't want to exactly. just complain either. No, no, I want to no, no. participate. I mean, but there's a lot to complain about, honestly. There's a lot of wonderful there's things of that needs. we have. Yes. But there are a lot of needs. There are a lot of needs. And I just, you know, having it on the back of hospitality and... You know, even our nonprofits. Wow. You know, oh. our nonprofits. There's over five thousand nonprofits in Sonoma County. And most of the small ones really struggle. And I was on the board of Worth Our Weight for this last oh, year I and loved we Evelyn. Uh, we yeah. Evelyn did yeah. so much good work yeah. and Just, yeah. but things changed and the 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 nonprofit lost too much income yeah. and income stream and so we had to shut it down yeah. and that's the end of an era and also the the um the system changed too or the format the apprentice format wasn't really effective and young people would come they'd be referred by the courts or social workers but they didn't understand working for no working. compensation <laughs> yeah. they didn't understand apprentice concept where right. you would have room and board you would learn something like going to school only you wouldn't be paid but your needs would be taken care of but it didn't fly and so they didn't stick and so you know prob- you have to go back to social welfare yeah yeah and so anyway so it's all of it all of our Mm-hmm. Our projects and our platforms need to continue to evolve and grow and find ways that work right. to support the underserved and right. but the homeless. I mean, and another place, like with 5,000 nonprofits, I can't say we have 5,000 issues. We probably have a dozen issues. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. food, yeah. health, housing. church, education, housing. There's probably a dozen. 
So what do we need 5,000? Like if all the food ones would come together and build a big admin and have branches, it would do so much for so many more. But I definitely believe that people do a nonprofit to take care of themselves, to feel good. They want to help. But instead of latching on to something that's working and happening and, you know, moving, they create a whole new thing. And I think it takes away from the money that can be passed. And sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right, exactly. Like I um, wish Redwood Empire and Fish and, you know, there's like a dozen or more food things. mm -hmm. And it's like also if you're a giver, I'm a giver, you're a giver. I don't want to feel like I'm not giving, even though I'm giving all the time. Right. If I yes. was giving to one thing that was taking care of all of it, instead of giving little pieces to 10 mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. it's it's really, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. I it's know. Hard. Well, that we have a Healdsburg Foundation in our town, yeah. and they're very good at vetting charities. And is Sonoma County doing that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's the, right, they're great at vetting yeah. the charities and then going out and um you know taking monies collected funds and mm-hmm. giving grants which is helpful and good mm-hmm. and i know there's so much work to be done but 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 we continue on because yes, we, we we love our community mm-hmm. and we get so much back from it mm-hmm. i do i know of you do course, of course. and so we want to be a part of it and we want to make a difference and contribute and but we mentor people and mm-hmm. and um well, and we want to be inspired yeah i right. want to be inspired like- by leaders that that mm-hmm. want to do these things that I think are are right. Me too. And if they're not even talking about it, I know that's a Come problem. On people, mm-hmm. right. get your stuff no, together. You know, uh, if if you have a chance to, you know, of course I listen to other podcasts. If you want to um, listen to a couple great podcasts, uh, Joe Rogan has done one. Just did one last week with Bernie Sanders, and then uh, about a month ago with uh, Tulsi Gabbard, where. It's, it's an unusual forum where you're used to seeing a debate, you know, like we, we had Ugh. the last couple of weeks where you get a 12-second soundbite. Yeah. This is actually sitting down with someone for an hour, two hours, three hours, where you're getting to know the people. You're, you're watching it on YouTube, so you're getting facial expressions, uh, body, right. body language, everything that you normally, when you're sitting down with someone, you get that you don't get from watching television on these mm-hmm. on these 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 stupid formats on network uh, television. Mm -hmm. So that's the, I I think that everyone should have to go on some sort of program like that where it's one long shot, two hours, three hours, where you're just asked questions and and you have to speak your opinion Mm -hmm. and then, Mm -hmm. and then let people decide. Right. Like those real town hall forums. Those are very good. I love those. But sometimes it's too many people though. And then you you get too many agendas going on. I like when it's Uh one-on-one, when it's someone that, that asks a good questions right. um, and gets honest answers. And mm-hmm. then you can decide, maybe maybe that person's not for me and that's fine, but at least I know that now from right. listening to them. And I got a Most sense of the people of I have are. no idea what yeah. these people are really like. Because I feel like they're playing the dress time. up. Deep dives. You know? Yeah, they need, it, you right. need to commit the time. And, right. you know. know, time is hard to come by. 
I'm voting for Sandra Bernstein as part-time president. <laughs> Sandra Bernstein. Somebody part-time wrote that president. on Facebook. Sandra, uh, somebody did when we hit 10,000. Yeah. Somebody wrote Sandra for president. I'm like, oh, oh no, not even for part-time assembly supervisor. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Oh. Yeah, I want to be liked oh. too much. I, I, you know, I really strive for like being liked but you would be liked and you'd be no. able to crush the bad people no. wouldn't that be fun no oh i'd love to watch it you would sure would you be my campaign manager why not uh, in your spare time in my spare time exactly <laughs> right and isn't that the problem yeah. really yeah i know so We're all I, yeah, our lives. i'm really not sure like how our i actually had an interesting thing um one of the managers who used to be one of our managers and went across the street to be a manager at the restaurant across the street, which uh-huh. is fine, emailed me about 10 days ago and said, how would you like me to handle employees that work for you that come over to me? To, they don't want to leave their job, but they need more hours. How would you oh. like me to handle that? Hmm. And 10 years ago, I would have said, well, they need to choose. They need to choose. Mm -hmm. They can work somewhere else, but not across the street. Mm -hmm. Preferably not on the plaza. Because we're sharing, you know, you have somebody that has lunch at this restaurant and dinner at that restaurant. It's weird. Yeah. Now, today, I'm like, I do not want to come in between anybody and their ability to make money. So there may be consequences, not retaliatory, but if a schedule becomes unavailable to us that we need, we may have to give somebody else the hours, you know, Mm -hmm. to take care of somebody else. But I don't want to be responsible for saying no. And if someone's tried to get a job everywhere and there's nowhere to get a job, which sounds bizarre to me since everybody needs help. Yeah. But... You know, like, and and it's weird. Well, well who should yes, I we work need with? help, but so we need now, viable yeah, people so with now, common ex- sense. Exactly. And, so now, you know, like, yeah. my the management department just grew into a whole other restaurant because now we're going to start sharing staff. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. It's but crazy. I, I empathize. And I appreciate. I appreciated I, the email. That's right. You know, they could have just done it and whatever. And right. I know. You know, even staff coming to me, I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not going to be the person. You know, I wish there wasn't an overtime law. I w- right. And even though we have so much overtime right now, but I wish there wasn't. Um, you know, all the training that we put into our team. I hate giving that away. I wish they, if they're going to have two jobs, let them have two jobs with me, you know? Right. But, yeah. But then it becomes cost prohibitive because exactly. then they're on it's, it's impossible. time and half. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe we will have a woman, a woman president. I would love that. I, I think would, it would I, be I interesting. In we haven't lifetime. had it. I think we should try it. You know? We're ready. Yeah. We're more than ready. Yeah. So, any other aspirations to your business? Hmm. Like, is there another endeavor? Or is it tried and true and just keep the, you know, enthusiasm and create different foods for different seasons? And 
Um, do you still have like the entrepreneurial bug? In, in yes, in ways, uh-huh. and and with with people and mentoring mm-hmm. people. Okay. So that's so huge. I, I mentioned that um, the mm. old grain and hay barn that we have uh-huh. at Jimtown, and the front of it now is more of a. Um, it's cleaned out because it's a beautiful party space and that happened for a very special party and so um, we've started to have some makers fairs Fabulous! and it's so much fun to have different artists and designers come and set up like a little mini sort of a market or festival and we'll usually partner with a winery or two and they'll Mm -hmm. pour a little wine and tastes and so and the Winery people that I invite, I say, you sell your own wine, bring mm-hmm. your square, mm-hmm. because you're giving away tastes of wine to all right. these people. Do your and thing. then, then the, the, um, the makers, the, the crafters, the designers, the... They the, can sell their they stuff. Can, yes, yeah. but then they can give me 20%. Oh, perfect. And so um, we can publicize it. And Where would people find out about that? Well, on the Jimtown Instagram or on our okay. newsletter. And um, we'll, you know, we try to to share it out to the community mm-hmm. so we have the next one that's coming is in G where are we oh September mm-hmm. I think it's the 20th and the 21st and it's a wonderful designer Dima from San Francisco and and she makes her own clothing and has its own here in, in San Francisco, and she has a, a so home just also. One maker? No, it, she's oh. one of them. Oh, she's okay. just one. Mm-hmm. And then an artist, Molly Perez, mm-hmm. who's a Healsburg person, and she's so beautifully talented. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a similar kind of vibe and aesthetic. And mm-hmm. then um, one of my neighbors, uh, Morgana Moore, makes beautiful jewelry out of wood and leather. Oh. And so that's been really fun mm-hmm. and we've also had lots of author events and so and or have yeah, cultural that's, speakers that's come awesome. yeah. and i love being part of the community and giving a forum and a voice mm-hmm. and a place you may want to run for something <laughs> i'm trying to think of what the clot that what alexander what, no, the, um, valley the skeletons in my closet are that would prohibit me <laughs> from running so could, there, it, could, there it, might, it, could it be even, any worse I than imagine. Oh, you're, you're right actually <laughs> i mean no really. and it's gonna be something like oh you know should i say this live maybe i shouldn't you i don't could. know all right i my saw her throw a plastic bottle no i just like <laughs> into a regular straw. garbage can <laughs> yeah i used a straw three oh, days ago. My God. Oh yeah. Oh this, this what straw thing. What did your housekeeper do? No, no, she didn't do anything. But oh. there are people that I pay cash to. Okay, that okay. Yeah. not well, not my gym town employees. Right, I don't. Right. You know. Yeah. But it's yes I'm in the you. grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. I know. But you know what? You're paying. Yes. You're paying. You're not not paying. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Of course. I get it. I think we'll forgive you. Okay. Yeah, I definitely forgive you. <laughs> I think you. most people will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My accountant doesn't even ask anymore. <laughs> but karma. Yes. Right? Honestly. And our good karma, the intention of what we do is the karma that we make. Yes. And it all boils down to a form of the golden rule. Exactly. Treat people the way you would like exactly. to be treated. It is so simple and so basic. It really is. And, and we, I grew up on that. My parents course. said that 
every day. That's right. Yeah. And we're so grateful for what yeah. we have. And yeah. why wouldn't we want to? Right. We don't. We don't need to. This is what I don't get. We we don't need to feel better about ourselves by squashing somebody else. Why? Right. How does that even? That psychology. I don't even understand no, that. I don't either. It, I just. It's. Yeah, almost. You know, we should almost have a ten-second rule where you have to sort of listen and empathize and then respond right. <laughs> before you open your mouth. Exactly. Right. It would be nice. It would. Things would yeah. take a little bit longer, but I but, think I think things would be. be a lot better. I think they'd be a lot more civilized. Mm, right. And you know, when you go to Mexico and you live in a little village, and you're out and about and you're strolling and you run into people, you stop. And you ask, you inquire, how are you? How's your family? Mm-hmm. And it's not perfunctory. It really is genuine. It means something. It means something. And yeah. you slow down, you stop, you take the time, you connect, you listen, you look people in the mm-hmm. eye. And, you know, even, that's what we're doing here in this conversation. We're Absolutely. sitting, uh, we're a triangle and we're looking each other in the eye. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we're taking yeah, the time understanding to somebody unpack else. some yeah, things. Exactly. and. And so we have to, we need to slow down and mm-hmm. connect with people and share. And, and if you, everybody wants to be happy, okay. So no, the recipe relative. for being happy, <laughs> it's do things for other people right. be out of a genuine desire to do them because it's the right thing to do and not because you're gonna get anything out of it. And at the end of the day, when you're like falling asleep and you're drifting and you think about your day, it's like, what what good conversation did I have? What, what oh, was that was so nice. Oh, that made my day, that was so lovely. Or somebody said something to me on Instagram and I was, you know, I pick these flowers in my garden and I make the bouquets and post the buckets in them and and somebody said oh I was inspired by Carrie and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do this and he made this beautiful post and he spread out a a, a cloth and he put them all the ingredients and he photographed it and then he made the bouquets and and he thanked me and it was like wow that was a really lovely connection and Mm -hmm. I do these things because I love doing it and but I do them for other people and I mean this is just one little tiny Mm -hmm. example but um take the time appreciate and then and tell tell someone yeah. too you know well, and Carrie, say, thank you thank you <laughs> thank you i appreciate you i appreciate everything that you've done for sonoma Aww. and your vision and your constitution and I mean, back to you, you should feel really thank proud you. I, I yeah. do I do feel yeah. good. good. I, I do. Well, I, it's very, no. I got to see the cover of Wine Spectator yeah. with the Jimtown store. Yeah. Did you take a picture? No, I won't. Yeah. Mm. But it's just. That yeah. was such an honor. Yeah, it's truly an honor. But well deserved. Well, and yeah. back back to you too, Sandra. Takes Thank an you, army. sister. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been it really does. nice. It has been yeah. such a pleasure. So, folks can come to Jimtown Store on Thursday through Monday. Mm-hmm. Actually, I digress. I want yes. to ask oh, you a what? question. Are you making more money close two days? Well, it's not that we're making more money we're losing less money losing less money yeah yeah by not having the payroll so yeah had to do it and it's 
I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's like years and years ago, we had the cafe. We were doing lunch and dinner. Mm -hmm. When we stopped doing lunch, we started making money. And there are some things that when you scale them, right, or we, with the sales weren't coming in, but there are certain times that you're paying more than the yeah. sales. Right, that's it. Yeah. Yes. So, and so while yeah. we like to diversify and use our kitchen crew to mm -hmm. do all sorts of things like party Only food so and much. little packaged foods and things mm -hmm. that we do, um, it's still, it takes so much time to prep and then mm -hmm. clean up at the end of the day, right. as right. you know. Yeah. And so what, what are your hours? Oh, so yes. So, so those days open at eight in the morning. Wow. So breakfast, lunch, eight to three. Okay. And on Friday we'll, you know, linger. extend it, linger for Saturday, mm -hmm. linger till mm -hmm. four or so. Can people drink wine there? Yes. So, so we have, have beautiful, beautiful local wines mm -hmm. by the glass mm -hmm. and by the bottle. We have, yes, on-premise and mm -hmm. off-premise license. Mm -hmm. And um, that's another quick, quick digression is mm -hmm. that I have a couple of different wineries that, well, they're winemakers who don't have tasting rooms and they use Jimtown that's as awesome. a venue. Can and we, we mention make them? beautiful. Yes. So yeah. one is Bannister Wine. They're my neighbors. That's Brooke Bannister and uh -huh. his wife Morgana, who's the uh -huh. talented jewelry uh -huh. designer. And the other is Alice Sutro. And she and her husband have Sutro wine. And they are making wine. They're growing grapes on their family property, the Warnicky Ranch on Chalk Hill. Mm. And Brooke Bannister's mother was in the wine business. And she was a seminal winemaker, wow. Marty. Um, and uh, so those two, will, you, people direct contact them directly right and alice will lead like a tour walking through the vineyards and mm -hmm. showing you the the terroir and the the and brooke will bring people to Jimtown and we'll do beautiful little charcuteries and mm -hmm. cheese boards and things and that's awesome so that's a really fun thing to do to support both of them yeah uh, yeah and collaborate and right. share guests yeah. yeah so that's another evolution mm -hmm. nice. very fun Instagram, well, I, are you Jimtown Store? Yeah. Jimtown Store, thank you, yes. Okay. So right, so just closed on the Tuesday and Wednesday. JimtownStore.com. It's Jimtown.com. I know I should fix Gymtown. that. Jimtown.com. The website and is Jimtown.com. The Instagram is Jimtown Store. I had to make, make them match, but anyway. Well, unless someone else has, uh, that's the problem. Someone else may have that and not want to give it up. Maybe. Yeah. Can yeah. people find out about catering on the website? Yes. Okay. Everything's there. Okay, nice. And what's the actual address of the store? Oh, 6706 Highway 128, and we have a Healdsburg zip code, 95448. So when you're leaving your house, just plug that into your yeah. map quest. You don't have You'll, to do much, right. but follow the directions. <laughs> and open your eyes, because it'll be a beautiful ride. Unless you're in a Tesla. Oh, exactly. okay, yeah, you don't have oh, to open well, your eyes. right, it's all windows. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, we, we used to joke about in the in the olden days, we'd say, oh, are the guys in the, the vineyard guys, are they going to be, like, put off by the Volvos in the driveway? And now it's like, well, are people going to be Ferrari? put off by the... Tesla's driveway. Yeah. Electrical cord coming out of the <laughs> But no, we welcome everyone. Yes, exactly. We love you all. Right. And we do. Yeah. Carrie, thank you so much. Thank you. And, yeah, um, honor to have you. Yeah, I, I recommend if you're coming to Hillsburg to come to lunch or if you just want to pop through town, make it a make it a set aside a little time 
to go check out the Jimtown store. And say hi to Carrie. Yes, and say please. hi to Carrie. Yeah. And um, Sandra, it's been fun hanging mm-hmm. out in Healdsburg with you again. It is. We uh, will look forward to talking to you next week. You can always thank visit you, our Dustin. website at, uh, yeah, thank you, Dustin. Yes, uh, thanks, Dustin, Dustin. Vallette from Vallette. Uh, you can go to thebikegoeson.com uh, to get our episodes and other lots of other information on the website. I highly encourage you to visit. And you can also go to radiomisfits.com and check out our episodes through there. And, and, our, all and the, the other, other uh, uh, podcast, all the, the other winemakers. Uh, oh, well, you get, well, there's, another, winemakers there's another podcast that, that yeah. you know is fun to listen to if you if you like if hearing you're tired, guys, if you're not uh, tired of hearing wine. brian's voice um, sure. <laughs> i don't talk a lot on that podcast <laughs> i'm mostly drinking uh-huh well um, that's true yeah yeah you can go to radiomisfits.com slash the winemakers and we've always got fun and interesting guests on there and um uh, and yeah and leave us a review on on either one of those podcasts we'd love to hear what you think and if you have any ideas for guests going forward we'd love to love to hear your suggestions Thank you both so much. All you listeners out there, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. This has been The Bike Goes On. Mm